Welcome to TV7 Israel's podcast. We invite you to listen and share our latest content from Israel and the region. Shalom and welcome to an episode of TV7 Times Observer. I'm Jonathan Hassan and joining me from the Galilee here up north in Israel is my dear brother in Christ and friend Amir Tzalfati. Amir, how are you today? Shalom, Jonathan. I'm well. Thank you very much. Wonderful. It's good to hear. How about we open in prayer and uh, yes. dive into today's list of topics? There's a lot happening right. around the world. Uh, with that being said, God's, God is in control and therefore let's yes. invite him yes. to join us. Yes. Uh, Father, we thank you so much, indeed, that you are in full control. You declared the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things that are not yet done, saying that your counsel shall stand and you will do all your pleasure. And Father, we thank you that the prophets of old, uh, through the power and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, were able to uh, write to us, even today, the things that are happening and that are about to happen, and so we uh, should not be afraid or, or panicky, but we should trust in you that you are indeed in full control. And now we ask that you will uh, preside over this program, that you will draw people unto you for the saving knowledge of Yeshua, our Messiah, and for uh, having this peace that surpasses all understanding through uh, the knowledge that he is in full control. We thank you and we bless you. In his name we pray. Amen. 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 I mean, uh, let's start with a psalm. I think okay. we all need encouragement. How mm-hmm. about we start with Psalm 20, 23? Okay. All right. Uh, I'll open up in Hebrew and you'll follow up in English. No problem. All right. Teilim kaf gimel, mizmor le David. אדוני רואי לא אחסר, בנעוד דשא ירביצני, על מי מנוחות ינעלני, נפשי ישובב. ינחני במעגלי צדק למען שמו, גם כי אלך בגי צלמוות לא יירא רע, כי אתה עמדי, שבטך ומשענתך המה ינחמוני. תערוך לפניי שולחן נגד צורריי, דישנת בשמן ראשי, כוסי רוויה. אך טוב החסד ירדפוני כל ימי חיי, ושבתי בבית אדוני לאורך ימים. אמן. אמן. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, through, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. You know, Amir, it it always strikes me. Uh, God leads us. in the path of righteousness mm-hmm. for his namesake, not our own. Correct. Because the moment we act within our capacity as followers of Christ, as children of the Most High God, we do it and we represent him on earth. You always say we act as ambassadors in this world. 
for the kingdom of heaven. And therefore, everything we say, everything we do, every step we make, we do it for the kingdom and for the glory of our heavenly Father and Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. It's interesting, Jonathan, that in the Hebrew, it doesn't say paths of righteousness. It says paths. circle of righteousness. Oh, right. It's agalei oh. tzedek. And only when you go to the desert, you understand what it means because David wrote it in the desert. The Lord, the shepherd of his people. This is about David acknowledging God as the shepherd. And when you go to the Judean desert, and it's not far from where you live, you see that the, the sheep and the goats create circles around the hills where they walk around and they eat in those green pastures. And, and indeed, the righteousness of God is without beginning or end. And so it is like a circle. But uh, in the English, it, it, it actually says paths of righteousness, whereas the Hebrew says ma'agalei tzedek, circles of righteousness. I think it's beautiful. Amen. Amen. Amir, a lot is happening around the world. Uh, much strife, much horror. Uh, many, you know, wars, rumors of wars. There are many natural disasters. Just it was uh, earlier this month, a devastating earthquake in Japan with uh, alerts for tsunami earthquakes in northern Israel and elsewhere. Uh, we see people are giving, giving in to frustration, uh, of course, the ramification of COVID uh, mm -hmm. that have been imposed upon the entire world are still intact to a lesser degree, but uh, it is mostly because of all the wars uh, taking place. Uh, also, of course, the, the most major concern on the international stage at this particular point in time continues to be the Russia-Ukraine angle, uh, which is clearly a part of uh, a geopolitical power struggle, globally speaking, uh, from the moment in, in uh, January of 2021, when the state councillor and uh, foreign minister Wang Yi uh, of China uh, looked Tony Blinken, the Secretary of State of the US, point blank in the eye and said, we're pure nations, we're engaged in strategic power competition. All of this is slowly forming new alignments, new deployments of, of various troops throughout the world. Also, uh, the, the alignment of specific countries declaring uh, that they're no longer bound by putting their eggs just in one basket, but multiple baskets, something that already happened, for instance, in uh, Egypt uh, in response to the Obama administration at the time. Samir uh, Shoukri, the foreign minister, said that they're going to look elsewhere. So shifting from the Obama administration at the time to Russia, to China, something that now is happening similarly because of the cold shoulder received from the United States towards Saudi Arabia. Suddenly it's also uh, looking more eastward and checking other horizons. Is this all aligning itself with biblical prophecy and, and what we're seeing in the word of God? Absolutely. I think that uh, we've been talking a lot on this uh, program about uh, the coming invasion uh, into Israel from the north, about this war of Ezekiel. And in that war, we can definitely see that uh, there is going to be an invasion led by Rosh, which I believe is Russia. But it's also talking about the fact that all the other uh, uh, 
I guess, powers or countries, they will not stop it. They will just protest it. And in, in, in other words, there has to be a shift in, in, in today's um, map that will allow Russia to come all the way to attack Israel and for America, for example, not to do anything about it besides protesting, besides uh, sanctions, I'm not sure what. But I, I, I also want to direct you to what Jesus said to the disciples on Mount of Olives in Matthew 24, when he describes those events of the end times. And he, he indeed said many, he says, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars in verse six. And then look what he said. He said, see that you are not troubled. Isn't that interesting? You, you just began by saying a lot of people are troubled and, you know, anxious and all that. But Jesus actually said to the disciples, when these days are going to come, make sure you're not troubled. Make sure you understand it has to happen because God knows. Look, we don't know the end from the beginning. We, we don't have this perspective that he has. He, God is Hayah, Hoveh, Beyiyeh. He was, is, and will be. He knows the future as well as the past. So he already knew when he... Um, when he talked to uh, the disciples, that the very end will look like this. We're watching all of these, everything he's describing about the, not just wars, but pestilences and earthquakes and various How, how about we read this uh, quickly? Yeah, um, I'll read it from Matthew 24. When the disciples came to him in verse 3, he sat on Mount of Olives and they said, tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming end of the end of the age. Basically, they see Jesus in his first coming, and they're already asking him about the end of the age. Because obviously, they understand this is not it uh, 2,000 years ago. There has to be something even greater than that. Because they know the prophecies of, of Zechariah and Ezekiel and Isaiah and Jeremiah. They understand. We have not seen yet the end. And then Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceives you. In other words, there will be a lot of deception in the last days, a lot of fake news, a lot of, uh, you know, disinformation. And we see that even in this war. Now, then he says, many will come in my name saying I'm the Christ and will deceive many. We know that there's worldwide uh, situations where people are being hailed almost as messiahs and they, they claim to be one. But then he says, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars and see that you're not troubled for all these things, Jonathan, he said, must come to pass. Mm. But the end is not yet. In other words, he says, look, these things must happen. I've seen them happening. I know they will happen. They must happen. It's not maybe, could be. There's nothing you can do to change it. it they must happen. And then he says, nation will rise against nation and kingdom and, and kingdom against kingdom, but right, nation against nation is ethnic in the Greek ethnos. It doesn't have to be two countries fighting. It can be within one country, ethnic groups fighting. And then kingdoms against kingdoms. We see superpowers fighting. And then famines, pestilences. Pestilences means viruses. And it can also, you know, COVID is one of them. And earthquakes in various places. And look what he says. All these are the beginning of sorrows. And I, you know, I personally believe we're, we're not going to be here for the tribulation 
that Daniel describes and also Jeremiah and others. But we, we are here to see the beginning of these sorrows. And he tells us, when you see these things, do not be troubled. Now, Israel will be troubled. The, the Bible calls the tribulation Jacob's trouble. Israel will be troubled. The world will be troubled. That's why it's called the, tri the tribulation time. But so how about you also explain us. to us uh, verse 9 when it says, uh, then they will del deliver you up to tribulation nice. and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then Correct. many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Yes, there is definitely, you can see persecution here. Mm. That you can, But also from the inside. Not just from yeah. the outside. It seems oh, yeah. like the, the, yeah. per, the look, body of Christ will be torn. Yeah, Christianity is not going to be anything popular. If someone is telling you that Christians are eventually going to take over the world and prepare the world for Christ to come, this is not biblical. Biblically, what you just read from verse 9 is what is going to happen. And, and, and you understand that throughout all of this, the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end come, and, and then he starts describing what's going to happen to Israel in the tribulation. Then he's going to describe what's going to happen, you know, for the church until that things happen. But, but it's very interesting that throughout all of these things, Jesus is telling us, do not be troubled. And he is even telling us, that's just the beginning of sorrows. It's, it's like there's birth pangs, and we're watching it, but it's not yet the birth itself to that eventually judgment of God upon mm. this world. It's not yet. And we are watching the birth pangs where we feel the birth pang. But when you know, when you have the knowledge that he's going to take you out of here before he's going to judge this world, when you have the knowledge of what is going to come upon this world versus what's going to happen to you, you're not going to be troubled. You are going to be troubled when you mix the things, when you confuse these things, when you take things out of context, you know, like. When people took COVID, nobody talks about COVID right now, but everybody for the last two years talked about it as if this is the tribulation, the, the you know, vaccine is the mark of the beast. They took everything out of context. And now <laughs> we moved on. Okay. So he says, don't be troubled. These things have to happen. I know they will, they will happen. They must happen because I've seen it happening. God in his, you know, wisdom above time could see it you know a good friend of mine pastor chuck smith said that we are like spectators in a in a nice parade but we sit in the curbside we see the floats uh, coming one after the other whereas god sees from above the whole parade he can tell you the beginning and the end we only watch one chapter at a time because of our capacity as humans and and so we can see here these things must happen and they're not the end. It's just the beginning of sorrows. And we're, we're ordered not to be troubled. Mm. Emil, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 to 4. At a time when um, 
seemingly, uh, the body of Christ is overly political on earth, um, it seems that we need also to remember the necessity, even if we may despise what our leaders are doing, we may be frustrated with many things, and quite frankly, not understand at uh, many of, of uh, the decision-making undertaken uh, uh, during times of strife and, and uh, even during times of peace. We need to remember uh, Timoth- uh, that in 1 Timothy 2, verses 1 to 4, uh, it says as follows, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplication, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may be led, uh, lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come mm. unto the knowledge of the truth. Amen. Amen. You see the heart of God versus the reality of mankind. Mm. And the heart of God is that all people will be saved and that we will lead peacefully. But then the reality is that men always try for war, rumors of wars, and he knows it's going to happen. So in this gap between what the world does and what God wants, here we are, and we need to choose. Do we want to do what God wants us to do? Or we we want to get sucked into what the world is doing? In the last two years, unfortunately, Jonathan, I saw too many Christians be getting sucked into what the world wants them to protest and fight against rather than what God's word is telling them to do. Mm. And so it's a beautiful portion of scriptures that tells you that the heart of God is not for wars. It's not for bloodshed. It's not for people to go to hell. He wants people to get saved. He desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. And the truth will set you free. The truth will give you the peace that surpasses all understanding. The truth will give you joy unspeakable. The truth will give you um, amazing things, life and abundance. Whereas the world is selling you only death and war and, and all the byproducts of sin and rebellion. And we as believers today, we are torn between what God is telling us to do and what the world is pushing and pulling us into. And maturity of Christians is to always strive for peace and not for war. And if, I'm not saying if you see uh, someone coming to kill you, you should just say, hey, please kill me. I'm, I'm just saying we need not to fight the wars that are not for us. And if there is one thing that matters more than anything else is to share this gospel of truth so men will be saved and that they will find their peace in chaotic world. This world, the last two and a half years, has lost its mind. We all we can all see that. But the word of God is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. And it he is the only thing that, at least in my case, the only thing that can give me peace, that can give me stability, that can give me hope in these worlds is the word of God and the promises of God. It's it's not my leaders, it's not America's leaders, it's not European leaders, it's not the Russian leaders, it's not anyone. Armies, parliaments, governments, they're all going to disappoint us. But the word of God 
will never. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. His promises are yes and amen. Let's uh, not forget Isaiah 9, 6, and uh, 7 says uh, the following. And for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name Mm. shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform Mm. this. Praise God. This portion talks about the first coming and the second coming of Jesus to earth. Mm. He came as a child, son that was given to us. But then when he will return to rule and reign his government, there will be an increase of his government and peace. There will be no no end. So in between the first coming of Jesus as a child that was born unto us and the government of Jesus in this world with peace for a thousand years. Okay, this is where we are right now. We're in that gap in between. And look, this is a promise. It's a promise that if you are with him, you will enjoy that peace, not only now that the Holy Spirit can give you, but also literally peace in this world when he rules and reigns. Where from? On the throne of David in Jerusalem, in Israel, not anywhere else. He's going to physically reign. But for us to be part of that kingdom, you need to first choose him now. You need to follow him now. You need to choose him now. You need to give your life to him now. And it's a win-win thing. You get the peace that surpasses all understanding now, and you get to be part of a beautiful, unperishable kingdom from mm. the throne of David in his Amen. second coming. Beautiful. Amen, Amen. You know, uh, earlier this month, I was uh, in, in one of our programs, I think it was Editor's Note, uh, you asked me specifically, about uh, specific uh, angles that have to do with the latest developments between East and West, this bipolar system that is being formed, uh, or at least that is being um, advanced currently by uh, Russia and China, of course. Geopolitics is a worldwide um, active front. It is not just one front, of course, it's multiple fronts, but it is a sort of a multidimensional chess game being played by both uh, uh, world orders, if you will. And when I look to, to the West, uh, much of the decision-making that has been taken over the past year leading up uh, to the Russia-Ukraine conflict uh, and uh, uh, Beyond that, uh, even, it was very much um, derived out of a lack of the will to sacrifice, the inability to acknowledge the necessity for sacrifice to bring about true liberty, true uh, the true fundamentals that have brought about democracy and the values that were supposed to be attached to that have been uh, exchanged with wokeness, with a cancel culture that cannot identify anymore with the sacrifice bore by uh, our 
elders, by our grandparents, our parents, our um, uh, some of us ourselves uh, in in this lifetime. But uh, ultimately, when we look down to it, the inability to relate to the word sacrifice, to this definition, is also one of the key reasons, in my understanding of the situation, um, that that people are turning away from Christ. Because what is Christ without the essence of sacrifice? And without comprehending the importance of that single task of offering, God offering his son for the love of, of the world to be saved through his, his uh, uh, one and only son. It's, it's obviously a, a sad reality altogether. And it is as much spiritual as it is physical, but it is intertwined here. <clears throat> Emil, we have about two minutes left. What do you think we should focus on and how should we pray for the situation, but also proactively speaking? First of all, as we just read from 1 Timothy 2, we we need to make sure that the priorities that we have are exactly biblically aligned and not worldly aligned. And, and that is that the mandate that we have right now is not to take upon ourselves fights that are not for us. We need to preach the gospel as, as loud and as clear as possible so as many people will be saved. We need more than ever before to occupy until he comes. And we also need to remember that the world is watching us. Jonathan, when Jesus says, do not be troubled, it's because everybody else will be troubled. And if there is one way to know that we are his disciples, A, is the love that we have for one another, but also that peace that we have that surpasses all understanding. And, and, and he said, this is a peace that the world cannot give you. And, and not the peace that the world can give am I giving you. I'm giving you a different peace. And so I want believers to understand our, we, we haven't seen the last word. I mean, what we see now is just the beginning as the Bible says, of all these sorrows. This is just the beginning of those birth pangs. But I want people to hold on to the promises of God. These things are foretold and to be about our Father's business. Amen, amen. Well, Emil, this uh, is truly encouraging. God remains in control in amen. all uh, this complex reality it's, uh, at play. Thank you so very much for your time today and, and for... Uh, granting us once again uh, your wisdom and, and understanding with regard to uh, God's uh, plans and, and the Word of God. Um, and we'll see each other quite soon once more. I'd like also yeah. to thank our viewers uh, for partaking in today's program. Pray for the situation. Pray for uh, the various challenges at hand. Reach out to those uh, who are troubled, encourage them, show the life, love of Christ through you to your surrounding. And beyond that also, don't forget, pray for the peace of Jerusalem and the salvation of Israel. God bless you. We will see you next time. Shalom. Thank you for joining us in another TV7 Israel podcast. For more content, visit our website at tv7israelnews.com or follow us on social media.